Smith for getting down. Okay, there we go. Uh, Christoph, aka Novridge, welcome to the Kicking Mustang podcast. Real honour to have you here, and um, welcome. Thanks for having me. This this morning, what I normally do, normally at the start of a podcast, I'll go through the news. I haven't got much news because obviously we're in lockdown. There isn't a huge amount happening. Um, I've been um, all, all that's new in my world today is going through um, waking up, checking my YouTube, and seeing one of my new uploads has been demonetized for no apparent reason and it's just a compilation of old videos that i've uploaded and so i've made a compilation and it's been demonetized there's a a human has demonetized it as well it's had human review and they've demonetized it for no apparent reason so yeah that's that's what's new in my world what's what's going on in uh, planet novridge under lockdown um the weirdest time we've probably known in our lives um what's it like running Novridge in this strange uh, corona time. Before that, I don't recommend it to wake up and check demonetization. <laughs> I think it's the worst way to wake up. There is yeah. you you can only lose in this game. I think you can't yeah. you can't really influence it. It's purely based on the mood of some guy sitting somewhere judging your videos. Uh, mm. I would do that like I don't know somewhere on such. But at Norwich, yeah, how's it going? Things are getting back to normal. People can go back into the office. And ah, it's been a weird time because the, the past two months, we've literally locked ourselves in here. Like we had mattresses. How, how many people? Because you, let's, let's um, just, just for, I'm sure everybody knows who you are, but just for people who don't know who you are and, and what you do, can you just give us in a few short words yeah, who you are? And, and words. Um, I'm, my name is Christoph. I'm some dude playing airsoft. I happen to strap a GoPro to my head, make a couple airsoft videos, which nobody back then really did it. Became big. People asked which product I'm using. And I thought, let's create cool products, bring them to the market. Yeah, and it turned from uh, just YouTube, kind of like media, let's call it company. Is it even a company? It's just you know, a guy doing what he, what he likes to do. It became to it became like an international retail distribution business, uh, developing business and a media business, I guess. So we make products for the community, and we still do the video side. How many people do you employ? Um, it's nineteen right now. And how many of them were living under the same roof when lockdown hit? Uh, so first of all, it's two roofs. Uh, the Norwich office is two offices. It's actually three right now. Um, but in, in the same, let's say in the same build, it's like one building with different roofs. Okay, let's call it one building anyways. Yeah. It was eight people and under the same roof, which was mostly developers, because for development, you need you need a lace, you need a mill, you need a 3D printer, you need an SLA printer, you need you need all of those equipment. And if you if you go home, you can't do it anymore, right? While customers yeah. are purchasing all of this, it can be done from home. So when the whole quarantine thing started, I just stared into everyone's eyes and was like, okay, it's your call now. You either lock yourself in your home for two months or you lock yourself together here. We buy a bunch of beers and, you know, we just work from here. We sleep here. I also told everyone that he can bring his girlfriend or some girl if he can't, you know, if he can't do it for two months, if he needs like... So you had volunteers. Was it like, hands up, who wants to volunteer for this impossible mission? Yeah, that's what we did. And... Yeah, in the end, it was like, yeah, I think six 
employees and two of them brought girls in and yeah that's that's how it we looked like much. i mean if i you know when, when we made sg24 i didn't look at am i actually allowed to sell this to which countries to can we even sell it's more like a let's just do and then later on we try if it's you know if there are certain regulations that that need to be um you know that need to be fulfilled because I think if you always just look at regulations, you end up in a pile of paperwork and in the end you don't even start doing anything. Yeah, sometimes it's best to do and then figure it out later. Yeah. Yeah, it's sure. more like, yeah, do, I, do I personally think it's okay, like from an ethical standpoint and from a you know gut feel? And if it's green light, then it's just okay, let's fucking go. Yeah, let's for just, sure. Uh, yeah, for sure. So people who are now, you're, you're based in central Austria. Which city are you in? Vienna? It's Vienna. Yeah. And your office is right in the heart of Vienna. Yes, pretty much in the heart. Yeah. Do you have any, have you had, because you, you, you live in the office as well. So it's your home and your office and exactly. your stock room yeah. and your customer service <laughs> and everything. You literally not, live in the room and breathe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I live at... Can, can you so give us a tour of Novridge? Give us a tour of the Novridge home. Okay, so... Where are is... you at the moment? Where are you? Uh, this is like living area, so this is. I recognize that. Uh, it's it, it, it's weird to give the tour because so this used to be kind of like my apartment, mm -hmm. but the more people we hired, it was kind of like, well, there's enough space, you know, just put a desk here into the living room and let's start working from here. And more and more, what used to be my private space became like public office space, and all that's left from this apartment is like a tiny, tiny, tiny bedroom where I lock myself every night. But yeah, this is like living room. Um, this used to be the kitchen. There's no tables anymore because mm -hmm. the employee stole it for for actual office work. Um, because we hired a bunch a bunch of new people. So, so is, is, is that is that the top floor? That's the very top of the. the That's the top floor. floor. Yeah. So yeah. It's basically okay. a house. It's like an entire house in Vienna. Yeah. Uh, here is like part of the office. This used <laughs> to be this used to be the kitchen table or my kitchen table, which it's not anymore. <laughs> Like, how, how many people work down on this floor? And we're seeing quite a few chairs down here. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Cool. Nine. Right over there. Yeah. So that's so like. Would, did, did that, that used to be your living area down there? or? Yeah, exactly. It used to be. Man, it used to be a huge place. It was actually a really nice apartment, but. well. It does. It looks stunning. Well, I've been there. It's a lovely place. What's the. Um, what was the thinking behind when you started the business? Was it just, uh, we've, I've got this apartment, I'm going to start running the business there, and it just expanded? Or have you considered uh, well, moving when, when, out of Vienna? When I, when I chose the apartment, it was like, okay, it's big enough to maybe start a business in here. And yeah, it's actually, yeah, cool. by now. we're looking right now for a new office, which is going to be very sad for me because then I don't live at my work anymore, I will have a way to Get work. Up and commute. It's going to be a, a new step in my life, moving out of work. No, it'll, be, it'll be good to have some space though, won't it? You know, have a, it's, it's, I'm, I'm someone who's always worked from home and had my work all, always around yeah. me. And it's, um, it is nice to be able to have that escape and be able to turn off. But when you work for yourself, it's kind of hard, isn't it, to, to switch off? I think it depends because the, the work I'm doing at, at this company is actually only the work that I like to do. So I only do product development and only do media and everything that's like anything legal, accounting, 
even customer service, like that, that's all things I don't do personally. I just, mm. you know, hire people to do it. And I think as long as the things that I do in this company are stuff, you know, it's stuff that I would do anyways, I don't see a problem that it's, it gets so intertwined. I mean, I, I, I literally catch myself sometimes too. I go like off work and then I work on a, on a private gun that's actually not for the company. Yeah. And then I just catch myself, I go like, well, if I'm actually working on this private gun, why the hell do I not just make a gun for the company? Mm. And this, this is actually how, how most of the projects start. Like when I, when you look at the SX23, I just wanted to build a Mark 23 and then I build it and I looked at it and I thought, we, we could just make this for the masses, right? It's not, mm. it's not all that complex to do that. And yeah. Yeah, that's, how, that's how those projects start. What does SSX stand for? Um, so it comes from the SSG lineup, and SSG stands for Scharfschützengewehr 24, 24, because it's based on M24. SSG is the, that's how they name it at Austrian military. And we kind of like stuck to this naming, so SSP is like Scharfschützenpistole, Scharfschützenpistole, mm -hmm. basically. And then we were, okay, now we have a suppressed pistol, I don't want to call it SSP because it's not a gas product system, and then we just chose a cool, you know, a cool letter, and there was X. That's okay. that's all. Yeah. Cool. So when when you've got um, so you're you're in a residential area. Do you, have, what, do you have any problems with people spotting you moving guns in and out of the office? Have you ever had have you any had any run-ins with local residents? It it does happen, but the you mean like where I work or if I walk out the... people, like nosy neighbours? Do you have neighbours rustling the curtains and seeing you moving guns in and out of the office and? Oh, asking, asking unnecessary questions. I think they're used to it by now. We try to not, you know, throw it into people's faces that we make guns. Because we're actually in a very, very, I would say, a very liberal district. Like, people, they're just, it's, it's, it's a hippie district, basically, the 7th district. It's like American and, and, you know, they save the whales and all that. And making guns in this district... You know, it's a kind of district where people smear onto butchers' windows that they shouldn't slaughter meat. Like, it's that kind of district. Okay. So we are we are not advertising that this is this is the this is the company. We're basically like hiding in this house and doing nothing. Yeah. When when I was when we I think it was when we were in the car heading over to the when I was at the launch of the SSG10. That, um, yeah. And I think we we're in the car. And we we're driving. And you told me a story about a. Your number is still nine one one. Oh, righty then. Listen, I know we're not supposed to say that, but we have all been there. <laughs> yeah, all done that. It's it just um, yeah, man. Testing yeah. a massive gun is just a logistical nightmare. Mm, yeah, fun times. Um, so Novridge, the YouTube channel. When yeah. let's talk about, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about YouTube because I I started my YouTube channel seriously in 2018. I did start recording and putting stuff out in 2017. Only really seriously got at it in 2018 you've been doing it a lot longer you started your channel in 2015 or was it 2014 i think 2014 yeah and when, when you started you were the you were you the first doing youtube or there there was a guy in america as well no 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 there was the so like the the sniper godfather of scope cams is barman 56 like he was the guy who yeah. i think he's the reason why we all here to some degree because he was the, he was the, the first guy who put like a camcorder onto a rifle yeah. and just you know shot a couple of bbs yeah. 
so that was the first guy, but he uploaded, I think, once a year. Mm. Yeah, at, at those, in, those t- in those days, you go back five years, in those days when a, a U- an airsoft video was on YouTube, it was like, wow, you can see the scope. And it was like, it was amazing, wasn't it? That you could yeah. actually it's, just see someone shooting this, these guns yeah. at each other. It was incredible. Yeah. It, it was a completely new thing. And the, like Vaman56, he, he actually progressed very fast in how he made videos. And when you look at it, it's actually very sad in how little progress is done since then. Because on his first video, it's just a zoom cam. On his second video, it's a zoom cam and a head cam. On his third video, it's it's already like the camera setup that pretty much any airsoft YouTuber has. And I think the, the only thing that, that changed since then is shoulder cameras and 360 cameras. Besides that, it didn't change much. Yeah. And even, even the 360 cameras, they haven't changed the techniques we use of editing. It's just a slightly different angle, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. You have different angles. Ah, you could. No. I mean, you, I don't have to tell you. You can like see what's behind you. You can you can basically move the image. You yeah. can do a lot of stuff. Yeah, the 360s are cool. Yeah, in, in the right situation, they have been a real yeah. changer. When you when you look back at where, when you start, if, if you if you hadn't have done what you did five years ago and you were starting out now let's say you were 20 how, how old are you by the way 28 27 is this a marui wait wait answer this is this a marui 10 fake around yeah yeah i got a new marui vsr 10 for, for testing the other day and this was in the box yeah yeah i know it's in the in the pro sniper i tried to load it to a real gun it doesn't work <laughs> Holy crap, you're super young, man. You're making me feel old. <laughs> like, it's, it's, you are really, 27 is incredibly young to be running a business, running that many people. I wish I would be older because every time that I... So when, 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 when you want to make a product, obviously we don't own a factory, right? We, mm. we fly out to China, Taiwan, Hong Kong, and we just, you know, we hop from factory to factory to factory and we find the right suppliers for what we want to make. And people just, like, they don't take us seriously because we're such a young company. I think our oldest employee is, I think, 32 years old. Mm. So we're, like, an extremely young company. And if we if we go somewhere, we just, you know, people look at us like we're a bunch of kids, basically. Those, those kids from YouTube. Yeah, exactly. Like, those kids just wait for us. What do you know? Yeah, what do you know? <laughs> I can imagine, yeah. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, it's, it's um, been ever since. I'm just, you know, I'm just sitting here and I hope I'm just aging faster. Is, is that is that where you keep growing the beard? <laughs> I think it helps. I think it helps. Yeah, for sure. I, I keep shaving mine off, trying to fight the other. I'm going the other way. <laughs> I'm to shave it shorter. Um, if, if you were so, if, if you were 22 year old Novridge again, or 21 year old Novridge now, and you just finished university or you done what you done, um, and you were playing airsoft and you started again, do you think you could do it again? If imagine if you were starting from scratch now, do you right think now? if you started? Yeah, if you were if you were just Christoph, and you just no. you don't think you it's could. Straight, it's a straight, honest. There's no way. There's just no way. Because it was a, I think I'm a really, really, really lucky human being. I've always had the luck to do the right thing at the right time without knowing that it's the right thing. It wasn't just like a coincidence. Mm-hmm. I basically stumbled into this business. Mm-hmm. So I'm not a like super sharp mind, businessman minded 
guy. It's just, you know, I wanted to make videos. Well, there was a market for it mm. on accident. It got big. I wanted to make a rifle. There was a market for it, so it got big. It was all those coincidences on top of each other, and it just added up to to what it is right now. But I think that's um, I think that's, that's true of a lot of people who are successful, and a lot of people who end up doing what they love in life is they just do what they like to do. And if it feels going back to your putting out the SSG, you just did it because you felt it was right. You weren't quite sure whether it was legal. You just thought it was the right thing to do, and you went and did it. Like yeah. you made videos, you thought it was the right thing to do and you thought it would be fun and you did it and these things just happen. And I don't, although luck might have something to do with it, you make your own luck. And normally that comes down to just doing, not thinking so much and just doing it because it feels right to do it. I mean, it's it's pretty much the same story when I look at, at what you're doing. You're not doing it of an urge of, I want to make this huge and successful. It's more like, a, or at least that's what I assume. Like you just want to do it, you enjoy doing it, and at the same time you you know enjoy growing a community, and suck, boom, it just happens. Exactly. I think that's I think that's um, I think that's good advice for for anybody, no matter what they're doing in life. If you enjoy what you're doing, and it doesn't matter whether it becomes big and successful and make lots of money, or whether you get you don't get millions of subscribers, as long as you're enjoying what you're doing, that's the main thing. But then what tends to happen is if you enjoy doing what you love. If you love doing something and you do it passionately, it's not like work and you put more and more time into it and energy and people tend to congregate to you because they have that same shared passion. And no matter what you're doing in life, I think that's the secret to being able to do what you love for a living. I think it's a dangerous advice, actually. I think it's, a, think so? I think it's a dangerous advice. I think the... The, the, the frame and the advice, follow your passion for your career is a very, like if, if a guy comes to me now and say, well, I really like make as of, mm. as of YouTube videos. Yeah. I would say, okay, do it because you like it. But I yes. tell you something. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. impossible yeah. to become successful in this by now. It's like, this market has become so competitive. Yeah. Because it's so it's so accessible by now. Because when when, when you look at, at at businesses and what determines, man, maybe this maybe this podcast is becoming too business oriented. No, it's good, mate. No, it's good. But I think it's if something is accessible, competition builds up very fast. Like making making yeah. a YouTube video is not hard anymore. You buy a scope came off the shelf. You buy a head came off the shelf. They're not even expensive anymore. Yeah. There there are some guys out there making great content, and yeah. if they were if it was even two years ago, they would have been blowing up. I mean, people like um, Fox Green, he makes some fab videos, but yeah. his channel is growing, but it's like just ticking over. The um, That Rep, Rep the Airsofter, he makes some great stuff yeah. um, over in America, some cool videos. And his, his clickbait is good. He's got these really nice thumbnails and the titles and yeah. everything is there. For it. And you look at his channel and think, why isn't it growing anymore? It's good content. Maybe, you know, maybe, maybe it is, it is um, just a very competitive landscape it definitely is i mean there's there's still people i, I don't actually know I, I i stop analyzing it i don't understand it for me youtube is just a it's just a black hole of an algorithm and i believe that not even the people at youtube understand the artificially challenging behind yeah, the algorithm exactly. anymore what it's about a, silo what about silo blowing up in the last i think that's been insane. insane that's like why 
I mean, obviously, the, the, the videos are highly entertaining. They're super fast-paced, and yeah. he has great ideas, and he makes amazing yeah, thumbnails. Yeah. But so do, like, 20 other channels. But he yeah, just found cool. that... I don't know. It's Something clicked, didn't it? And with, with his... the way, Not just in that channel blowing up, not just in terms of Airsoft, but in as as a YouTube channel. It's like an entertainment channel, yeah? Yeah, it's, an, it's not a... Yeah, it's not even it's about not silo airsoft. airsoft. It's silo entertainment, and I think it fits very well. Actually, it is an entertainment channel. Yeah, yeah. No, no, whether because you going. This has gone into another um, different subject, actually, about like whether people like uh, YouTube personalities or not. I I can't see how people cannot respect the work that someone like Silo puts in. Like I personally don't like watching his videos. They're not for me but you can't not respect how the work has got into them and the work that someone like that has put into his channel and you, and you think wow that's really cool that someone gets that success but then as you get bigger you get to a certain size and all of a sudden these these haters start and the bigger you get the the more haters you get now someone like myself or silo you often see probably myself more than Silo, but you often see people directing hate towards them, completely unfounded often. Uh, now, this appears in comment sections, in groups, on Reddit. Someone introduced me to that Reddit. I've never really used Reddit, and someone introduced me to that a couple few weeks ago, and I started looking on that, and the, the misinformation and lies and fake news that happens on, on social media about people like us who put videos out, it's kind of hard to it, it's hard to ignore it. How do you you've in your time you've had a lot of people direct hate towards you? Um, often it is not justified or it's lies. How do you deal with it? Because I don't I don't think I've really seen you reacting in comments or in forums. How how do you deal with it when you see this? Do you see it at all? Do you just not read comments? Do you read mm, comments? I don't read them that that much anymore, and that's mostly because i believe that what's on reddit or even in like highly toxic facebook groups i think it doesn't represent what's happening in the airsoft community i also believe that it's a it's a small amount of very loud shouting people or i would even say if, if a guy thinks something is is all right or cool he just watches it and he just clicks away but if a guy yeah just wants to be heard and, and, and wants to hate, he just comments. So 100%, yeah. if, if there's like 100 comments and there's like 10 hate comments and it would represent the 10% of the people don't like it, it actually, it's not representative of what it really is. Yeah, well, I agree with that. That's what I believe. And I think if you if you pay too much attention on what, what people hate about what you do, you go into a wrong direction. You You get pushed in a direction that's not the way where you should go. It's not you either. It's you. You change yourself to because someone hate you. You can't do that. If you start changing yourself, it's not just on, not just as a YouTuber, but in, in life. Just because someone doesn't like what you do, you shouldn't be changing what you do if you believe what you're doing is right. Perhaps you can consider how people perceive you, but I don't think. Yeah, if people hate you because what they watch on YouTube and then you take their comments to heart and you change what you do. I think, I think that's a recipe for not being very happy in life. I guess so. How about you? How do you handle it? How do you, how do you get affected by it in your personal life? 
I, it's a combination of ignoring, but also for some reason it kind of fuels me on because I know deep inside me that what I, I am true to myself when I make content. I also care about my community and the people who, people who matter to me know what I'm like. So people in my sniper ops community, the people who I communicate with on di direct messages, the people I speak to in real life in safe zones, they know what I'm really like. And they're the people that matter. And I think when you're secure in how you feel about yourself and what you're doing and your reasons for doing things, then the noise of people who you've never met who are just behind a keyboard doesn't matter that much. For some reason, there's something inside me that makes me want to prove those haters wrong. And it fuels me to do even more of it. <laughs> you know? That's one way to motivate yourself. Yeah. No, it's, yeah. I, I've, I've, I, have, I have a thing where if I um, happen to read a hater's comment, I then force myself to go and make another piece of content. Now, that could be anything. That could just be like a short story. It could be a picture of something I'm doing. It could be an Instagram post or it could be going and editing a new video. But I got into the habit of forcing myself if haters make some if I come across a hater's comment, I will then go out of my way to go and make a piece of positive. I've, I've noticed that in response to it. That's uh, I, I think that's a good piece of advice. Yeah, I think that's a good piece of advice to anybody who's doing um, or has ambition of putting out social media content. If you come across people who send hate your way, just turn it on its head and turn it into a habit that you then go out and actually produce positive content in response. <laughs> it's one way to do it. Yeah. I'm not saying yeah. it's wrong or right, but it's it's definitely a way of creating content and it's very yeah. often just about creating something right it's just putting something mm. up yeah you don't you don't have to create it's not about creating something magical it's just about putting something out yeah exactly it's often all you need to do talk about um what, what do you think of headshot dramas of what headshots and the dramas surrounding it it's who, a very very polarizing topic and oh we actually talked about it when we when we're driving um, to the launch event to the yeah. to the actual game. Talk about yeah. it. T t tell, <laughs> tell us what happens when 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 you get a headshot. When you go out and you play airsoft, yeah. you you take your shot and the BB flies through the air and hits someone in the head. You you get back to your studio. What do you do with that footage? <laughs> okay, first of all, I don't edit it anymore. But lucky you. Lucky me. Yeah. I actually, I mean, I don't want to put myself into like a positive spotlight, but I don't think I do a lot of headshots. And that's because, and people are always surprised that I say that, but I don't experience cheaters. The reason why I don't make cheater videos is not because I try to put like, that I, I try to put a positive spotlight in my community. It just doesn't happen to me. Mm. I don't know why, but maybe it's, you know, I go to the field and people go like, oh, there's the guy making... You know, there's a camera on there, better yeah. not, because otherwise you end up on the internet and the yeah. community's going to hate you. It so could I be the community you play in, though. It could, so it could just be that community. Certain communities are plagued by it, and certain yeah. communities don't have it. I, I just um, don't feel like there's cheaters here, and so I don't have a reason to... I mean, I go for the head if only their head is peeking out, and if it doesn't look like their body's moving out. Hmm. But a headshot is just a smaller probability of hitting the... Oh, they happen though, don't they? They do happen sometimes. So if you shoot yeah, someone at 80 meters, these guns are not as accurate as we make them out to be. No, they, they they're not. just not. Um, so when, but when they happen, when I when I edit my videos, if I take a shot and it hits someone in the head, when I get back, I'll zoom it in, I'll slow it down, I'll move the crosshairs to where it impacts, 
and I'll make yeah. it look like it was a super accurate. Yeah. Um, and maybe that's where these maybe this is where the drama comes from because what's good to watch also attracts the um, justice warriors who say that you shouldn't go for headshots. Uh, do do you, when you put when you have headshots in your videos, do you find yes. you have people making a big thing about it? I think it's it depends on the frequency. If you have like one headshot in a video, it doesn't matter. But if you put on a headshot compilation, which is like fifty headshots in five minutes, yeah. it becomes an issue. Yeah, it becomes an yeah. issue. Even and I understand yeah, why because I think that that's where we do have a different opinion. Because I get the idea of you need to take the guy down with one shot, and if you know if he he just turns around, it's not true if he got shot and it gives away your position. From uh, your knee, from your playstyle, I totally get why you do. What I think is a is a difficult topic on this is if you're like a hardcore airsoft player and you play since five years, you don't feel BBs anymore. You get mm. like you get shot in the head. It's actually refreshing. It's like a like it, it wakes you up. It's a it's it's, it's yeah. a BB to the shoe. It's like a duh. and I think it's this might sound weird, but it's actually I think it's really important that airsoft hurts because you should be afraid of the round. It, it, it's mm. what keeps the adrenaline high and it's what makes yeah. the sport so it's so many emotional peaks in an airsoft games and if it wouldn't hurt you wouldn't have that but, yeah. yeah but at the same time if you okay let's say you're a beginner you play your first game at, at you know you you go there you play your first game and that's what you hear very often from people trying paintball like they go there they never go back again because it just hurts like a motherfucker mm. and I think if you go to an airsoft game and it's your first game and it's basically the potential of community grows and then you get shot in the head like five times a day maybe you just say it's not for me and that's that's where you know there's two sides there's just two sides there's no right i I get that yeah i get i i i I sympathize with your feelings of of you like it to hurt a little bit like when i get hit in the head it feels really like conclusive it's like bosh oh i'm I'm out and it just feels good to be taken out that's how i feel Maybe maybe we're weird. Maybe we're not normal. I don't know. I think it's it's like the, the I don't think a guy goes into an airsoft game and the first headshot he gets he enjoys it. But at some point you get I would even say immune to to airsoft PVs. For example, when we did the the full thrust injury picture, mm. it was literally like okay, we need a picture of like damaged skin by PV so we can compare the the, the surface damage of the different diameters. Mm. And there is no. Like, I don't even have to think a second, it's just, okay, I just go out there 10 meters to shoot me in the head. And if you would, if you would, you know, tell like, okay, I take some girl from the service team who maybe didn't play as in her life, and I, I would say, okay, put your arm out there, I'm going to shoot you in the arm. It would be ridiculous, right? And yeah. we just have a different, different way that we handle the pain because we're so used to it. Yeah, no, that, that could be well be, could well be that. What's, um, you, you've, you're, you're on camera persona when you're you come across as a really nice guy not just um in the gameplays but when you're doing your your vlogs and your um the stuff on the Novbridge technical channel what's the other one what's the te- uh, Novbridge tactics, tactics. that's it you come across as a nice guy is that is that what you're like all the time is that are you a ch- are you really as chilled out and as nice in real life as you are on the camera, do you think? What's what's Novridge away from the camera the, the, the line? Real Novridge. Real Novridge, yeah. Novridge I'm not showing. Tell it's us something, tell us something about you that people may not know. 
something that people may not know. What, what do you love doing that's not airsoft? I hate, okay, i tell you something that people don't know. I hate traveling. I think it's a pain, yes. I is, hate is that why you've got a Tesla that drives itself? Uh, no, that's because my my business partner insisted. I, it's like, there's, there's like tax reasons. If, if you get a Tesla, it's actually way cheaper than getting a combustion car because you don't pay taxes on it in, in Austria. So is, is it the driving was actually traveling? So flying, trains, everything you don't like? Any, any, anything that's A to B and all the hassles that are related to it. And, and I'm saying this because I have to travel a lot. Like I'm, I'm on airplanes, I would say 12 times a year. And I'm not talking two hour flights, I'm talking like 15 hour flights. And then, you know, you're in Taiwan, in like an industrial district, which is not, not beautiful. It's not like a residential area with a nice park and everything. It's like hardcore industrial zones with, you know, factory or factory or factory. And that's why I spend a lot of time. So you're like in those shit hotels there and you have to deal with Chinese speaking taxi drivers. And you're traveling with guns sometimes or sample parts and you have to defend yourself at the airport and mm. you're sitting in your squeezed like, flight seat that is just, God, I, I hate it. Which is also why you, you won't see much footage of me anymore going different places. When was the last time you, you flew to play? Was, would that have been a Milsim West event oh, maybe? No, that's, the last time I flew to play was probably... Wow. A long time ago. I think Russia is like two years ago or three wow. years ago. I, I was talking to a chap today um, actually about going out to Russia for a game. Is it, is it? Do you think it's worth it? Yeah, yeah. I think, okay, if I would travel ever again for a game, I think only Russia could convince me. Wow. Just because it's so it's so wild to play Airsoft there. Mm. It's... But it, it, it's wild in a good way and in a bad way. Like when it comes to safety, I feel like there's a high chance that you actually die at a Russian airsoft game. I'm, I'm not run over by a tank or something. Yeah, like you get run over by a tank or like a tag in impact round hits you in the face from like 10 meters away. Man, it's just that there's the stuff that they're using there. I would even, I would go so far and say it's not okay to use it in a game. It's totally irresponsible what they're, what they're doing there. But at the same time, that makes it so interesting to go there. It's mm. just because it's so different. It, it actually, because you, you, you're not afraid of an AHE in the next room anymore, right? You enter a room, there's a guy pointing a barrel into your face. You just, I don't fucking care. You don't turn around and say, okay, I'm out. You just pull your pistol and you just kill the motherfucker, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But if you, if you go to Russia, all of a sudden, you know, there's like stuff exploding, right? You know, like the grenade exploding right next to your face. This, this yeah. is the stuff that happens all the time or... A tank fires a, a blank round right next to you and you don't hear anything anymore for like five minutes. So you have all of those... Epic. It's so so that, that, that's your most memorable airsoft experience, do you think, Russia? It's like... It's so scary that you can't forget it. Nice. Sounds yeah. good. It's, it's nice, yeah. I would, what, if, what, what's your favorite field? If you had to... What's your favorite field? Is it still... Obviously, you're known... For the urban area, that's where your first viral videos blew up. I think, think the, the urban area is a good field if you see it from a footage generation perspective. Sure. And yeah, you, you can go there the and play, and you, say, one but, day and you can get like four videos out of one day there, can't you? It's crazy. Yeah, yeah for, maybe four is a little, a little high, but always at least two. Yeah.
maybe three. Yeah. I think what's important to to making videos is going to a field where there's rentals. That's like the key <laughs> to a good video. You know it. It's like selling peas, isn't it? Yeah. The chambers. I can't believe you've not been to the chambers in Belgium. Yeah, it's far. I would it's have like, to it's like playing against zombies there. Yeah, I believe that. Yeah. As soon as there's rentals, you know, it's actually against what I say before with, oh, you shouldn't do headshots because then the rentals stop. But at the same time, it's like a rental is just so good for footage. It just keep coming and you just take them down one by one. It's just so yeah. much fun. Yeah. yeah, you know it. Yeah, it's good stuff. Um, okay, fun, a fun question. What annoys you the most? People misspelling your name yeah. or people going, what's up, guys, all the time to you? <laughs> uh, I'm actually a little split on the people spelling my name wrong because at some point I thought, why the hell did I choose his name? Nobody knows how to spell it. And it sounds Russian, but I'm not even Russian. It's like, it makes no sense. <laughs> but at the same time, when you Google it, there's like nothing even close to it. It's just mm. such a weird combination of letters and, and phrases that it's unique in its own way. So I would choose it again, and that's why I can, you know, I, I can get over it if somebody spells it wrong. What, 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 what does Norwich mean? Um, it used to, oh, I got that question. I got asked. I got the asked many times. It's just a. It oh, was a sorry. <laughs> was another a, annoying question. <laughs> what annoys you most? Misspelling Norwich, being asked what Norwich means, or being What's asked up, what guys? Being asked what Norwich means is totally. It's like I'm also allergic to shrimp, and every time I say I can't eat shrimp, people ask me, "What happens if you eat shrimp?" It's like this kind of question that everybody asks. It's just annoying. <laughs> No, I mean, so, so, what's, so what's the answer? The answer? The answer oh, the answer is the most annoying. The most annoying is being, asked, is being asked what knowledge means, for sure. Okay, 100%. sweet. Cool. What's the, um, I'm, it's, I, I get asked to sign people's guns every so often, and um, so just every so often get asked to sign things. What's the weirdest thing anyone's asked you to sign? It, it wasn't the weirdest thing, but it was the, it was the most uncomfortable signing situation ever. A guy came here and he had a wooden stock, a hand-carved wooden stock for uh, KCU2. Mm -hmm. And you know, completely custom-made, like really nice gun. And the guy gave me a pen and said, can you sign... It was a Chinese guy, it was in Taiwan actually. And he, and he said, can you sign low on it and uh, he said north because he wanted the north signature but i understood low and i saw it's his name so i just took that like permanent marker which obviously when you draw on wood it like sucks itself into wood for like five millimeters or something mm -hmm. i just put a huge low onto that guy's stock it was like why did you write <laughs> to my custom stock i think that was the yeah What's coming up in the future? Because when I was at the, when we did the, when we came to Austria for the SSG 10 launch, yeah. you gave a presentation of the SSX Carbine and yeah. an SSX, and a SSX AEG. Have you got, is that the name for the, is it going to, is it the AEG have a name? It's called SSR. SSR. What, when are they due to be re released? You said this summer for the Carbine. Is um, it coming out this summer? So, oh, there's, a, there's a bunch of stuff to it. We, we only announced those, those products 
because we had it in a in a final prototyping stage. But actually, this year we are planning to do, I think it's six flagship gun products, like its own systems again. But but as uh, talking about those two, the the carbon kit, we actually got the the pre-production prototype. As you, you said carbine kit. It's not a carbine kit. Like it's not a carbine kit. Exactly. exactly, yeah. I should stop calling it carbine kit because some stuff on the inside changed. Um, yeah, I got the pre-production prototype three days ago. We actually confirmed it. And it's... Man, it's... It's... An, it's, it's yeah, anyways. Um, it's coming in... September 2021. No, it's a year. No, no, no. 2020, yeah, yeah, 2020. Okay, it's, it's in a couple so of months. End, couple. end of summer, end of summer. Uh-huh. Yeah. Actually, I have a question. AG, how, how, how hard are you allowed to shoot semi-automatic in, in the UK? Legally, the same as bolt actions, but most fields put a um, limit on about 450 or 430, some FPS equivalent of, so that bolt actions have a little higher power than DMRs. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because we actually brought it with the new, we have like a new hammer mechanism stuff, and we bring it up to three tools semi, and wow. it's super, it's super interesting to shoot. It's like wicked. The problem like, with the because we we can't get the um, uh, Mark Twenty Threes much more powerful than like maybe four. T- I've had it up to about four twenty or four thirty FPS. Equivalent yeah. of because there's just not enough gas coming out of it. Have you done something to be able to release more gas to get more power? So from the longer uh, we, we've been working on a magazine, and we actually saw at the beginning that, that one of the biggest limitations is the way of, of the, the, the gas is going because it's not a counterbalance valve, which basically means if you put higher pressure inside, um, it's, it's not very well balanced. You basically need the hammer to go against the, the pressure surface of the valve. Mm-hmm. So if you say, okay, I just put like stronger gas inside, actually what happens sometimes is that your gas, that your valve opens for a shorter time and you yeah. get less output. And also the way that it's rooted based on the original Marui design, it's like the gas goes up, it goes to the back, then it goes through the valve, then it goes, it, it, it literally goes like, and then it goes into the gas router. So it's super inefficient in its basic design. I wanted to change that. But while, while we designed this magazine, we realized God damn it, like finishing this magazine, it's going to take us, it takes like another six months, which is why we're releasing it right now with a different hammer mechanism. And you can actually get it with the current magazine up to three tools. That's enough though, isn't it, for most places? Let's ask this question. Come. So a question from my side. What do you think stops the leaves your community from growing because i personally when i look at sniping how it used to be five years ago it was really hard to access like it was you had to build it yourself and all of this and you know companies just step up the game and sniper rifles you know there's just there's, there's a couple of companies who make something that's right out of the box and it's very accessible so when you go to a field now there's tons of people using a sniper rifle mm-hmm. how do you think this is going to develop when you look at at leaf suits and the leaf suit community can it become something like like sniping i'm not sure it'll ever be as big i do think that i certainly think it helps having the mustang channel growing like when people go and see youtube airsoft the thing that pops up mostly is sniping if you search airsoft on youtube it 
you get sniping. So now, especially with the likes um, of yourself bringing out the SSGs, they uh, give access, as you said, straight out of the box. So people can, they see it, they want it, they can get it. But I, I do think people want to have gillies and I think they want to have stealth. And when they taste what it's like to be invisible taking those shots, I think they, they fall in love with it. Will it be as popular as normal airsoft? Probably not, that stealth style. But I do, in the UK, it's definitely a big thing. When you go and play skirmishes, you'll always have a bunch of leaf suits there now. You roll back the clot six, seven years ago. They were, seven years ago, no, Christ. Um, they were, you kind of got laughed at a little bit. People looked and made wookie noises and go, oh, look at the bush wookie over there. And those, those sort of comments which didn't last past lunchtime once they started getting knocked about and shot up by people who were they couldn't see. But what holds it back, I think, from getting bigger than it is, is that it does take crafting. You, it's, you can't, even with the KMCS suit, you can't just go and buy KMCS. Although it's very effective in some areas, you still do have to do some work to it. You do still have to adapt it a little bit. So there is always a little bit of craft, like making the masks and the hoods and camouflaging your equipment it's very hard you can put on a kmcs ghillie suit but if you don't put in a little bit of work on the mask and the gun and you're concealing your equipment and then adding natural veg in the field it's not as you're not going to get the full effect of it so it takes some work and i think that's what limits its growth but also what creates so many people who are passionate about it because once you can craft it and you build it and it becomes really addictive and it's not just a case of picking up your gun going and playing the game ends and you go home it's you're constantly crafting and building and there is a community around it and i think that is what is its strength as well as perhaps its limit does that if that makes sense you have to keep working on it and you do it's there isn't an out of the box yeah. a complete out of the box solution and you, you, you remember that. If you, if you go back, as you said, before the SSG was a thing, if you wanted to snipe, you had to learn teching. You had to know how to tweak your gun and you had to work at it. And it's always a process of improving and, and getting the gun open and l- learning some skills. Mm. Now you don't have to do that so much. Yeah. You, you don't have to be... I think, I think that's, that, that's actually what I... This like whatever. I mean, I like it and dislike it at the same time. Mm. But I don't like how you have to be an expert in so many fields to just to do the sport. It's like if if you if you want a radio, for example, you need to become an expert with radios. You need to understand mm. anything. You need to buy five different headsets and you have to find the, the different buttons. You have to find out the frequencies, and then you need to set it up for your friends as well. So it's so hard. And for sniping, it's the same. And I and I believe leaf suits is. It used to be like really, really, really hard because when you, you know, when you buy a leaf suit on eBay, they just, you know, they just, they just rip crap. Yeah, yeah, they crap. Yeah. They just rip. It's like a, it's like a women's stockings. It's, they, they just rip. Yeah, their they thought about as soon as they catch on thorns, they, they rip and they tear, yeah. and all that work you put into it, it gets so yeah. many ruins. Yeah. And now it's kind of like so. So you put out the KMCS, and now it's, it's like an easier platform for crafting. You have the bigger holes. It, it lasts yeah. you at least, right? It lasts yeah. forever. So it's not exactly. Great. Yeah. So you, you already made like a step towards out of the box, but where do you see this going when it comes to like making it easy for people to actually have those suits? Because you talked about customizing. Do you really need to customize it? 
It's going to be a collection of 30 different color schemes yep. and yeah, environments. Yeah, you can do that. But the, it's, the, it's, the, it's the tweaking. Now, the, the big difference between airsoft sniping and real-world sniping is we do things at a much closer range. And as you've yeah. seen in some of my videos, I you can literally get to within touching distance of people and not yeah. be seen. If you're not moving and your suit is perfectly crafted, you kind of, holy crap, there's actually someone there. Kind of, yeah. it's like it is like a magic in Harry Potter invisibility cloak. But to get to that standard, you'll never be able to produce that out of the box because the amount of time you're you're intricately creating little modules of leaves and little modules of plants and grass that you're putting on, and it's a real, it is a craft. So you'll never be able to get that out of the box. What you can get, you can get, say, the KMCS, which is like the leaf floor. You when when you were in Austria, you saw how the leaves perfectly match that the floor you can get that forest floor look quite easily uh, it's very difficult to get living vegetation perfect um unless you're manually crafting it so where i see this going in the future i do think there's going to be more um crafting packs with perhaps you can create modules that can be attached but it's the time like the, the cost of the kmcs why it's not half that cost is in the manual labor because it's manually stitched and every, all the leaves are folded by hand and there's mm. one person stitching it. It's not like it goes in a machine and it gets 3D printed or it goes in a CNC machine and then people just screw it together. They actually have to fold into the time consumption. And then you multiply that by, I don't know, 50 times and you'll get to the level of the really intricate suits that people are making. And it's that time is always going to be a problem. I don't think you'll ever be able to get that out of the box. I can't see the technology being there to create things that are that perfectly lifelike even if you get the materials correct to actually make it lifelike that will always limit where how far an off-the-shelf solution will, will will go i think i see, I see your cogs turning to, to every environment is different and you can't you know you can't say this is this is your field take it i already made it for you because the sniper community used to be this community of techs, it's like working on guns and working on guns and working on guns. And the, the, the thing is right now, the trend is that manufacturers, they're just improving and improving and improving to a point where it's really like you change a part, it actually shoots worse. Because a manufacturer, just have different, they have different capacities. They can send a guy out for like two weeks of testing in, in, in a shooting tunnel, for example. And as a private person, you usually don't do that. But what's, what's happening now is that I think the sniper community is kind of like, okay, we can't really upgrade guns anymore, or at least not to this degree. So we can go into customizing camouflage. So they still, you know, it, it makes you feel special if you have something that you cannot just buy. It's like, mm. yes, I made this, look. Yes. So I think yeah, it's exactly. part of this, of this Leafsuit community that when people were so proud of their guns and this kind of like pride minished you know it's, it's just evaporated it's just gone mm. because now everybody can have it now we can make the leaf suits and 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 yeah. have like a special a like special exclusive piece of equipment yeah when you go back to pre-ssg days people were so you know when you shot someone's rifle and it was like wow what do you do to it yeah and people shared their bills and how do you do it and then there's they, they thought there were some secrets they could share now there are obviously techniques and things but then the ssg came out and it's like, holy shit, they can get a, a gun that shoots pretty much as well as most text guns. What do you do to it? Nothing. I just bought it. And it kind of, uh, it, it changed, that changed the game. 
and maybe yeah that that kind of passion for tech and it's not like a, this black art anymore yeah people like that black art people people like to have something that no one else has yeah it's a, yeah it's, a, it's it's like an exclusivity club if you wear a suit you're like one of those guys that you know I, want, I mean, may, maybe somebody cracks the code of, I don't know, making a, a suit with like screens on it and cameras and it's just like records the environment and protects it or mirrors or something. I don't know. Maybe somebody comes up with something. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what's after that. Camouflage, mate. I love it. I love I love camouflage more than guns and, and teching. And the guns, to be honest with you, teching guns, I find it boring. Like I can do it and I'm, yeah. I'm pretty good at it, but I'm like, oh god, I've got to sort out that hop on that. I've got to do this, and I, I can do it. But after you've done it so many times and you've taken those damn VSRs apart, it's like Jesus. Got to unscrew all those screws again and put them back together again. It's such a pain. Yeah, it's, I agree. I yeah. Agree. Right. Um, imagine how often you do that when you actually go into mass production. <laughs> oh yeah, I can imagine. Like, what's, what's going on with Airsoft in Austria at the moment? Uh they were planning the first game two weeks ago, but then they stopped it again. Like they literally had it, you know, all over Facebook already. The the refs mm. were preparing for it, but I think two days yeah. before the game, they, they closed it down again. Why, why did they cancel it? Did they say? Government regulations, right. just government regulations. They didn't yeah. give detailed infos. Uh, what's happening is that there is as of games that are ten people and less. Which did, is what to think about, because as a field, if you have 10 people coming, like this is no nowhere close to making profit, right? It's actually a loss, but they're still doing it to, I guess, keep the community running or just, you know, because they don't have anything to do anyway, so they just do that. Yeah. But yeah, I, they're, they're, I don't, I don't think it's strange can... anyway. People, if people stick to safe distancing, I don't think it's, uh, I, don't, I personally don't see, I'm not an expert, I'm not a, a scientist, but I don't see there being any risk. If we're playing outside and sticking, keeping safe distance, what's the difference between doing that and people who are walking down the street or, you know, people are in parks or going to the beach and things like that. I think so. it's more like a, a Airsoft is such a, like the government doesn't have time to look at a small niche like Airsoft and make special regulations, which are, man, yeah. I'm glad they don't make those special, regu special regulations because if they would waste time, I know it's hard to say, but if they waste time on such a small community, they probably be with way more important stuff. And if we if we can play for a couple months, so be it. If it's, if it's for mm. easier regulating. Did you, did you play this weekend? Did, did you play this weekend? Did you travel somewhere to play? I did travel, yeah, but uh, I didn't play. We just put an M220 into an SG10 and we blew up stuff. Like we shot gas bottles right next to blowtorches and stuff. Okay. But playing, no, there's no there's no playing. Yeah, at least. Yeah. Okay. Well, fingers crossed. Next time we speak with a. Uh, yeah, would have would have played and everything is uh is, is goes ahead. Um, Christoph, thank you very much for joining me and doing this um, chat and podcast with me. Um, it's been an honour to have you here, and um, I wish you the best success with everything in the future. And hope you and your staff stay safe in Austria, and uh, hopefully see you on the other side once we get out of quarantine. It'll be uh, good to hook up and actually have a game. Okay, yeah, sounds good. Yeah, same for you. Hope we can play again soon. Get some balance to, you know, office work and all that. Brilliant. All right, good. Thanks very much. Nice, my pleasure. Bye, James. Sweet.